This is Thanksgiving celebration today, and we hope that you will enjoy every bit of it this morning. Uh, actually, the Lord started uh, with us earlier in the, in the meeting, in the breaking of bread meeting, and I enjoyed it very much. I hope each and every one enjoyed it. We gave uh, thanks and glory to our God. We come here every Sunday morning to give Him thanks for what He's done for us on the cross of Calvary. He took our place. We should have been crucified ourselves. We should have died as a result of our sin. But He had so much compassion, so much love for us, that He came from heaven and took the form of a man and walked on this earth and lived for us, with us and healed our sicknesses and raised our dead and took care of each and every calamity that we had. And finally, He went to the cross of Calvary and died there for you and me. Oh, what love is this? Don't you think we should be thankful? Christians, shouldn't we be thankful for that? You know, when David took the reign and he was king of Israel, the very first thing he wanted to do, you know, David was known that he loved God so much. The very first thing he wanted to do, he gave, he gave orders in the kingdom. And you know what his orders are? I'm going to read it. He's, he gave orders that some of the Levites be appointed as ministers before the ark of the Lord to celebrate and thank and praise the Lord of Israel. I'm going to read it to you. He says, and they, he, and they said this when they were appointed. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His loving kindness is everlasting. And we heard this morning, God is good. God is good. That was a beautiful song, by the way. Thank you, choir. For God is good. This is one of the very first things. He did in the kingdom is appointing Levites to give thanks for the Lord because God is so good and his loving kindness is everlasting. And these were, and I would say this became routine in the kingdom. Giving praises to the Lord became routine. And I mean by routine became a habit. It was exercised, it was observed on a daily basis, giving thanks to the Lord. And if we only give thanks to the Lord, if we only remember the Lord during thanksgiving season, oh, what shame, shame on us to only thank the Lord during this season only. When I think of the blessings of the Lord upon us, you know, tears come. My eyes. I remember the Lord, what He has done for me, and then I start crying. If we are seated now, each one, you are seated at a very, very comfortable seat. And you're thinking probably of thousands of things. But concentrate a little bit of what God has done for you. Just concentrate a little bit of what Jesus has done. Or, 
how much He loves you. Or, if He saved you from a calamity, from an illness, from something you thought is going to be cancerous and it's not. For a situation at work. For a test you went through. For a danger he carried you through. For things he has done in your life. While you're sitting at your seat this very morning. I ask you to think how many times God rescued you. How many miracles he's done for you and with you. If we just stop and think, then we can burst out with thanksgiving to the Lord. Say thank you, Lord. How many times you had a a transaction that was business people, men and women, and you knew this transaction is going to slip through your hands and pray for me, and this I make good money from it, and may the Lord help me, and then you saw that Uh, There is no way out. You're going to lose it. And suddenly things change completely. And God gives you that transaction. And what do you say to that? Thank you, Lord. Amen. But we forget it. The problem, we forget it. May God give us good memories so we won't forget this. I want to talk to you quickly. And we want to finish early because uh, I promised some people I'll finish early. I promise. <laughs> How to express our gratitude. Oh. You know, I look at the congregation this morning and my heart is so happy. And I see two happy people. And I see one, one especially a couple, uh, putting his arm around her and squeezing her a little bit. And I thank God for this. Byron and uh, uh, Sharon, Mr. and Mrs. Lance, We welcome you for the first time as Mr. and Mrs. Lance in our church. They got married yesterday and they are today at church. That's wonderful. Amen. Now you can go for your honeymoon for the rest of your life. How to express our gratitude. You know, I... I want to bring it to two short points. One, remembering what God has done. And two, telling others about it and showing it in our lives. Easy? Okay? Let's not forget it. First, remembering what God has done. Let's take time to think about that a little bit. You know, when I was preparing this sermon, I thought of, A young lady of old who, I think she was blind at a very early age when she was a baby. And the name of that young lady was Fanny Crosby. And she lived all her life through a mistake done by the doctor. And she became blind. And through all her life, she wrote the most beautiful hymns. That we sing at church and all the churches all over the world. And one of the hymns says, To God be the glory, great things he has done. She wrote that. 
And she wrote, so loved he the world that he gave us his son. If she didn't write any other stanza, I think it isn't that enough to thank him throughout eternity for that great thing he has done in our lives. Sit down and relax, Christian, this morning, and say, thank you, Lord, for what you have done for me. Thank you, Lord. Just think, think, if it weren't for Christ, where would you be this morning? If it weren't, as we heard this morning, he became homeless. He left all the riches in the world up there and came down and became poor to make you and me rich. Aren't we rich? God is good. God is wonderful. Oh, perfect redemption, she writes, the purchase of blood. To every believer, the promise of God, the vilest offender who truly believes that moment from Jesus, a pardon received. Just remember that and the Lord will just revive your heart and revive your life. You know, just remember, you know, the one who wrote so much about thanksgiving, I believe in the Bible and the whole Bible, is King David. King David appreciated a lot his life, and appreciated a lot the Lord. And he says in Psalms 105, verse 4 and 5, Seek his face continually. Remember his wonders that he has done. Remember. Remember, I said, remembering what God has done. This is our first point. Just remember the wonders. He doesn't call them the things. He doesn't call them uh, it's wonders. Because when God does something with us, it's Nothing less but a miracle. It was a miracle that to save you and me. To save someone like me, it was a great miracle. And each one of you who are saved here sitting at these comfortable seats this morning, think, think of the salvation that God has given you. The peace that God has given you. Does he deserve a word of thanks? He took our sadness and replaced it with joy. Thank you, Lord. Right? Say thank you. Our perplexity with relief. He took our load of sin and gave us peace instead. He took our broken hearts and mended them. Our lives he purchased and transformed us from total darkness into his eternal light. Does he deserve a thank you? Remember that. Remember that. Let us approach the throne of grace this morning with hearts filled with gratitude for great things. Yes, he has done. Remember. Just remember, don't forget the past. You know, many people tell you to forget the past. Yes, you should forget the past and the sins and everything. But do not forget to remember what God has done for you. Don't have a lapse of memory on that. Always remember that. The preacher, the, uh, on, uh, on celebrating in uh, one of the churches, uh, they were celebrating Thanksgiving Day like today. And the preacher stood at the end of the of the meeting by the door there. And uh, he was shaking hands and wishing everybody happy Thanksgiving. There was a young Vietnamese boy who was about five, six years old. He had always, he loved the, the Lord and he attended Sunday school all the time. And he stood with the preacher. He said, you don't mind, preacher, if I salute the, the people with you? He said, of course, stand by me. He stood by him, but he had a problem with the G and L, and he couldn't pronounce it the G and L. So the preacher was saying, I'm coming to that, he says, Happy Thanksgiving, and the little boy says, Happy Thanksgiving. 
Happy thanks living. Happy thanks living. Suddenly it took off. Happy thanks living. Out of your mistake, think about it. Happy thanks living. We should thank God for our life. For whatever he's given us. Remember that. If you have a good life, just stop for a moment and lift up your heart and say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this life that you have given me. You know what? We are living in the best area in the United States. Bar none here. And there is many, many people I meet. And especially, I learned that when I came to the United States a long time ago. I said, good morning to one. I said, what's good about it? I said, oh, what is this? I, was, I said, oh, am I going to learn all these things here? <laughs> what's good about it? Everything is good about it. Every morning is good. Every evening is good. Every noontime is good. Every day is good. Thank God for every day that he has given us. And do not complain at all. No, there is no time for complain. We cannot complain. Complain is not for us Christians. Complain is for those people who are living without God. Because their life is worth complaining about. Until they find Jesus. Then they should stop complaining. The preacher Jeremy Taylor said, The private and personal blessings we enjoy, the blessings of immunity, safeguard, peace, liberty, and integrity, deserve the thanksgiving of a whole life. Of a whole life. Gratitude is, as the man of God, Theodore Parker, said, a touch of beauty added to the countenance giving an angelic loveliness to the character. You know, if you meet someone who is thankful, when you leave his or her presence, what do you feel? Blessed, right? Don't you feel blessed? You talk to someone and say, I'm thankful. People talk to me, I said, how are you, Adel? I said, you know, lately I'm saying I'm a millionaire. I am. I have the Lord Jesus Christ on my side. I'm more than a millionaire. If God has given you good health, stop complaining about anything else. And enjoy the Lord and enjoy the good health He's given you. He's been so good to you. And it adds character. You know, how would you like people to come in touch with someone who whines day and night? And who complains day and night. If he, he complains about work, he complains about wife, he complains about kids, he complains about the weather. If it rains, it's raining. If it's sun, it's hot. If it's cool, it's cool. If it's uh, warm, it's warm, right? Have you met some of those? I did. You never, you never hear from them, thank God I'm doing well. Well, do you want to be in their presence? I think I would run away. I run away from those. And run away from them. We don't need that. Because we have everything to thank God for. Remember. As we said. That's the first point. Remember what God has done. Remember what God has done. Oh. May the Lord bring to remembrance. In our minds. His graceful love. And his. Mercy. You know the theme of that. Book of Deuteronomy, which is a book in the Bible, is summed up in two verses. And I want to read them to you. Beware, lest you forget the Lord your God 
who brought you out of the house of slavery. I'm going to repeat that. Beware. And it's written long time ago, thousands of years ago. But I think it is applicable today as if it was written today. Beware, lest you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the house of slavery. We were slaves. We were slaves. But he came and broke our chains, nailed our sins to the cross of Calvary, and set us free. And if you are free in the Lord, you are free indeed. How comforting is this? You know, the children of Israel, most of them lived in tents in the old time, you know. And they traveled through the, through the deserts and lived in tents. And when uh, our forefathers, uh, those Abraham, Isaac, uh, Jacob, all the, lived in tents, lived in tents. But you know what? They never cared to build buildings. They never cared to set their hearts on things on earth. They always thought that they are going to leave this place and go live in mansions above. And they were right. And you know, uh, uh, the, uh, David, the psalmist, writes something about that. You know what he says? A sound of joyful shouting and salvation in the tents of the righteous. You notice what he says? A sound of joyful shouting and salvation in the tents of the righteous. He didn't say in the mansions of the righteous. Though we all have mansions, thank God for that. We all have good homes, thank God for that. They never had air conditioning. They never had heating. They never had running hot water. They never had anything of what we have. Yet, we complain about our homes, right? And we don't hear any shouting and joyful sounds from our homes. Why? Is God dead? No. He says, a, a, a sound of joyful sound, shouting and salvation from the tents of the righteous. You know that the reason, you know the secret of this, they were contented. Contentment. And contentment is gratitude. And gratitude is thankfulness. They were thankful for their tents. And they were singing it was sounds of joy. Thank you for the tent that I have. Maybe one tent was larger than the other. Still, it's a tent. And may God give us hearts filled with contentment. So, when people pass by, when people visit, when people uh, just meet with us, they will hear sounds of joyful shouting. Not of bickering. Not of fighting. Not of denying the blessings of God. But shouts of Joyful sounds from the homes of the Christians around the globe. This is thankfulness. Remember what God has done for you. David expressed it in Psalm 116. And he says, I want to remember what the Lord has done. In Psalm 116 he says, well, I, I, want, to, I want to count them to you. About seven. I want to go quickly. He has inclined his ear to me. Isn't that reason enough to thank Him? He hears my prayers. How many people say, I pray, I pray, and God doesn't hear my prayer? Well, I tell you one thing. If you are unsaved, there is this prayer that God will hear. Lord Jesus, I come to you as a sinner. Please forgive my sins and save me. This He will hear. If you are unsaved, there is no other prayer that He will hear. But for the saved person, 
he will hear every prayer. He said, he has inclined his ear to me. I was brought low and he saved me. Do you think reason enough to thank him? Thou have rescued my soul from death. Do you think this is reason enough to thank him? My eyes from tears. Ah, you took away all my sadness. Is this reason enough to thank him? My feet from falling. I was going stumbling, but you saved me. Thou have loosed my bonds. Ah, and now I can say I shall walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Did that happen to you? Did you experience that? And then why are you sitting like this? Why? Why aren't you smiling? Why aren't you rejoicing? He's done all this for you. And he's still doing them. And he's still available because we have a living God. We don't have a dead God. Androclus once said, Gratitude is the sign of noble souls. You know, in God, when you, when you lift up your soul to God in thanksgiving, you know what he says, these are noble people and I enjoy them and I love them. The second point, and we'll finish quickly, is telling others and showing it by our changed lives. That's how we can express gratitude. Someone said years ago that God keeps us here on earth for a reason, and that is to fulfill his plan with thanksgiving. Do you think about that? And another man of God said, gratitude takes three forms. A feeling in the heart, amen to that, an expression in words, and A giving in return. What are we giving God in return? Perhaps this is why Paul wrote to the Philippians, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I want to live, I want to live a complete image of gratitude to the Lord Jesus Christ. Is this what you want to do this morning? I hope so. And you know, We have a message to tell. Out of gratitude, we have a message to tell. And this message is a good message. Is a beautiful message. Is a happy message. We approach people, we tell them, do you like to to have a a better life than this? Oh yes, please tell me about it. Do you need, do you have, do you, how, how would like to be, to have happiness all the days of your life? We have a message. You know what? The gospel is good news. We have good news. We have to tell the world about it. And this is a form of what? Of gratitude. If you have gratitude in your heart, if God has satisfied you, if God has done so much, so good, so wonderful things to you, marvels, wonders, wouldn't you like to tell others about it? And why are we silent? Why are we saying nothing? Why when we meet people say, how are you? Fine. Good. Have a good day. Oh, I want to tell you, I am happy because Jesus is in my heart. Is that, is that difficult? They won't fire you. Let me know. Let me assure you, they won't fire you. 
It was a no-no in our company. It was no way that you can have a Bible on the desk. I kept, I, I said, well, I'm going to take the chance. I took my Bible and put it on the desk. For 22 years, no one, no one even looked at me. And I, I, I talked about Jesus and I opened my mouth and I found out there are so many Christians around me, they didn't have the chance to open their mouth. Well, let's tell Jesus. And you know what? And people will respect you more and would love you more. And they made me the chaplain. So I used to pray in our meetings. They didn't fire me. They won't fire you. They won't mock at you. Give Jesus his due in your life. Honor him. That's a form of gratitude to say thank you for saving my life and changing me. Yes. Paul, in writing to Timothy, he tells him, preach what? The word in season and out of season. We have to tell others. Yes, out, out of gratitude, we carry this great salvation message. And what is it? Jesus saves. Is there a better news for a soul that is lost than Jesus saves? I can give you someone who can save you. I can tell you about someone who saved my life and he can do it to you. You tell me, you tell me why you're happy. Once, you know, I told you about my manager who was, was a, from a Jewish faith. And he came, he says, I need to meet with you. And I need to discuss, this is an executive interview. I said, okay. We sat down, he says, tell me, why are you, you know, he didn't want to tell me, why are you so happy? Why are you so positive? He was like this. I looked at him, I said, because I have Jesus Christ as my Savior. That was a big no-no. You know what he said? Interesting. (laughs) And guess what? I still worked after he left, 11 years. Because I have Jesus in my heart. Because I am indebted to him for my life. He gave me a new lease on life. He changed my life. I was supposed to be dead then. But now I am living. Remember, let's give him the glory. And let's tell others about him. And you know, and you know, not only that. Not only that. But others also we can show our gratitude by our changed lives. You know. It's not only to talk about it, but your changed life is, speaks louder than your words. Let me tell you that. Have you ever met someone who just doesn't do anything except works with you and does things and he lives like Christ lived and said, My man, this person is a blessing to me. Why? His life is a shadow of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us ask the Samaritan woman, What happened? What happened? She met Jesus and she went downtown to Samaria and she walked and she didn't go anywhere else except to the man. He says, hello, do you hear me? I have something to tell you. I have met someone who told me everything that I've done in my life. Could this be the Christ? And then they watched her. I said, wow, what a woman is this? What a kind of a woman? I want to read a verse probably no one noticed it in John 4 when I was studying this. And all the men of the town came to Jesus. Though the Samaritans didn't want to have anything to do with the Jews. But they came out of town because she preached the gospel to them. And when they came out of town, they were saying to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe. Oh, she said something. And they were going there to see what it is. But they found the source. But they believed she was a preacher. From a bad woman, sinful woman, 
She became a preacher and carrier of the gospel. And they looked at her life and said, Enough. We found the one who changed your life. How is your life? Are we saying thank you, Lord, by showing our lives to others? Let us ask Zacchaeus. You know the story of Zacchaeus? I learned it in Sunday school. This is why I like it very much myself. Zacchaeus, in chapter 19 of Luke. Chapter 19 of Luke. Look what he says. Zacchaeus met with the Lord. And the Lord gave him a new life. And he accepted the Lord as his own Savior. And he wanted to show some gratitude to God. And he stood amongst the people who were waiting outside. So we want to see Zacchaeus. That tax man, what is he going to do with Jesus inside the house? Then he opened the doors and stood there. And the Bible says... At verse 8, 19. And Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, in front of everybody, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone, I will give back four times as much. How to thank God? This is how he thanked God. He was reformed. It's a reformation time for Zacchaeus. And he says, I've been stealing all my life. Oh, I'm not going to keep them in there. Okay, my wife, he called his wife. He says, get the mattress, open the mattress, and let's get them out. There were no banks then. And he says, I'm going to give up. This is how we show gratitude by his own life. Do you think when Zacchaeus said, I'm changed, and he continued to be the same, is he a changed man? No. People like to see change. He met with Christ and left Christ, left his presence, and he's still the same. He still has the bad words in his mouth. He still swears. He still steals. He's still sitting there and, and taking taxes that he's not allowed to take. And treating people with uh, uh, ill will and so on and so forth. And living the same old sinful life. Do you think people are going to believe that Zacchaeus changed? How do you prove your change? By a changed life. By a changed life. Ah, when you meet Christ, you're no more the same. And ask anyone who met Christ before. He used to swear and do sin and go to do things. I am ashamed to mention them here from this pulpit. Because we are before a holy and pure God. But you know about these things. And when God changed your life, that very moment when you turned around, you stopped doing that. You were stealing. Do you steal anymore? Amen. You were swearing. Do you swear anymore? You were cheating on your taxes. Do you cheat anymore? No. You were doing illegal money. And you would say, well, it's okay. It's a gray area. It's neither white nor black. Well, gray, there's nothing. This doesn't say anything about gray. Forget that one. And forget the gray areas. And if you owe someone any money, go and put it. Hey, Zacchaeus. He says, stop. Stop, folks. God changed my life. I want to thank him. I want to make it clean. I want to change. And Zacchaeus changed. This is a practical Christianity. It's not by words. It's not only uh, I make a confession. I accept the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. No. Zacchaeus was changed completely. Let's ask the leper. Who was. We heard about him last week. He was the only leper who came back. And he just bowed down at the feet of Jesus. He said, I wanted to thank you with all my heart for healing me. 
We were lepers, aren't we? Let's thank him. Let's ask the crazy man of the Gadarenes. When Jesus Christ set him free from all the demons. And he told him, oh, I want to be with you. I want to follow you. He says, hey, no, 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 no. Go. Go to your parents. Go to your friends. Go to your, uh, to, to your city and tell them what God has done for you. And you know what he went? When he went, he did not stay in the city. He went to ten cities and became a preacher for the ten cities and showed them what God has done in his life. A changed life. I thank you, Lord, for my life. Yeah, we can thank him. And finally, let's ask Paul. Paul, tell us. He said, wow, what a change had happened in my life. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. That's how we thank him. That's how we thank him. By Jesus living in you. That's the change he wants from you. He'll say, well, Adol, well, he's talking about things that no one can do. No. No one can do, yes, by yourself. By your own power, you cannot do it. Many people got saved with their own power. Many people said, tomorrow I'm going to stop smoking. Let me ask this person now who's sitting here maybe. Did you stop tomorrow smoking? No. I met those people. I used to, I used to know a guy who says, Adel, you guess what? I stopped. And I said, what is this in your pocket? He said, oh, you don't know. Let me show you how I stopped. And he'll open all the cigarettes there. But the cigarettes cut in three quarters. He says, every time I feel like smoking, I sip one quarter. One third. I said, is this how you stop? He said, gradually, this is how you stop. You know, you watch. Two weeks later, two packs a day. You cannot. There is no way. There is no way you can change your life yourself. You need Jesus Christ to change you. And when he changes you... You will be thankful. You will be contented. If you're not contented now, I don't blame you. There is nothing to give you contentment. I do not blame you. You have the free will and your right to be discontented. But when you meet Jesus Christ, Zacchaeus met Jesus Christ. Though he lost half of his money, he was contented. You know that? Because contentment is not of what you own. It's not in homes, it's not in jobs, it's not in money at the bank. Contentment is having peace with the Lord Jesus Christ. The fight is over. We are at peace, the Lord is mine, and I am His. Isn't that reason to say thank you, Lord? Isn't that reason? Oh, yes. Have we grateful hearts? Let me ask you a question. Do you have a grateful heart this morning? Yes, amen. The devotional book, Springs in the Valley, tells of a man who found a barn where Satan kept his seeds ready to be sown in the human heart. He found that the seeds of discouragement and discontent were more numerous than the others, and he learned that those seeds could be made to grow almost in any heart. But when Satan was questioned, he reluctantly admitted that there was one place in which he could never get them to thrive. And where is that? Asked the man. Satan replied, sadly, in the heart of a grateful person. Satan cannot grow a seed in your heart if you're grateful. If you're thankful. 
You know, she's, he will be driving his car and you see you thankful and you, with a smile, say, whoa, 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 this is not the place I want to go. I want to go to someone who is complaining. Someone who is, who is not happy. Someone who is not contented. But grateful heart, he says, this is not mine. He sadly said, in the heart of a grateful person. Let's bow our heads. 12.32, not bad. Are you thankful this morning? Are you contented? Are you rejoicing in the Lord? Are you at peace? If you are, thank God for that. And that's thanksgiving. Give him the gratitude of your life. And if you're not, there's still a place for you in his bosom. There's still the door is open. Believe me, the door is open. And the Lord is calling you. Let me give you contentment. Let me give you peace. Let me give you life. Let me make you a, a thankful person by coming to Jesus and asking him into your heart. If you are not saved, if you are, you don't know Jesus Christ, if you're looking for that contentment, if you're looking for, for that joy and that peace in your heart and you don't find it, you need Jesus. That's all you need. You don't need anything else. You need, don't even need church. You don't need religion. You need Jesus Christ. If there's someone here and you want me to pray for you, says, Adol, I want that. Lift up your hand and lower it quickly so I can pray for you. Is there someone here? And if you're all contented, and happy and thankful. That's great. But if there's someone here, pray in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I take you as my Savior. Change my life and make me a thankful person. I want peace in my heart. And if you pray this prayer, the Lord will accept you. Do you want, do you want the Lord to love you more? To be with you in every step of the way. To bless you on a daily basis. To shower you with all his blessings. Take him as your savior. Last call. Is there someone you need me to pray for you? Anyone? Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your wonderful voice that is still comes whispering. I love you. We thank you how much you love us. You came all the way from heaven and died on the cross to save us and set us free. We thank you. We say the word thank you not only today or this week. We thank you every minute of our life. We pray that you be with each and every one. Bless this congregation. Help us to be thankful. Help us not to forget. Oh, help us to remember that great things he has done. And let us honor you with our lives as long as we live. Dismiss us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. The meeting is over. Uh, Most of you I won't see before uh, Thanksgiving, until after Thanksgiving. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy it. And those I see, I'll see you when I see you. May God bless you.